0: hey everyone it's norm Ferrar, aka the beard guy here and welcome to another lunch with norm the amazon fba and e-commerce podcast okay today we're going to be talking about uh that nightmare when you wake up in the morning you go to your computer everything was butterflies and unicorns and you see that dreaded amazon seller email saying you're suspended We've got an expert on today and we're going to be talking about current issues sellers are having with their account, the resources that are available to you to help fight suspensions, and what are the proper course of action you can take when things go wrong. Okay, so welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the Amazon FBA and E-commerce podcast.
1: Lunch with the Lunch with Norm.
0: Okay, like I said, we got a great topic and we're talking about how to handle Amazon suspensions. Our guest today is a former seven-figure Amazon seller, a practicing attorney. I had the pleasure of meeting him in Mexico, found out what he was doing and I said, I got to get you on the podcast. I'm talking about Jeff Schick and of Jeff Schick Legal. He began selling back in 2011 and had the opportunity to help sellers of all sizes solve their complex Amazon issues. He has a passion for tough suspensions. Oh my gosh, where were you? And uh, a mission to help sellers get reinstated. And as I mentioned, our guest today is Jeff Schick. But before we get to Jeff, we have a word from our sponsor. A big thank you to our sponsor, Startup Club the largest club on Clubhouse with over 790,000 members and growing. They're one of the world's largest communities supporting the startup ecosystem from founders to those wishing to work for a startup and everything in between. You can find them at www.startup.club for blogs, recordings, and a calendar of upcoming shows and on the Clubhouse app just search startup club for daily shows 24 7. you can also now listen to their show the serial entrepreneur club podcast on apple and spotify too stop by to connect learn and grow together okay
1: where is the boy hello hello how are you doing today norm
0: i'm doing pretty kids We got to record. It's going to be a good episode.
1: Yes, that's right. So we're going to jump right into it. Um, Don't forget to smash those like buttons. Give us a thumbs up if you're enjoying today's episode. And yes, please, questions, comments over in the comment sections. We'd be happy to uh, answer them. We're going to throw them over into our Facebook group, too, if there are any questions. And um, yeah, today's going to be very insightful, and I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Uh, don't forget to join our Facebook group, uh, Lunch with Norm, Amazon FBA, and e-commerce Collective. And that's it. We'll jump in. it.
0: All right. Well, I have a visitor here, uh, Dallas. Uh, it seems that he was swimming in the lake because my podcast room is just, it smells like swamp right now. <laughs>
1: just for he's, clarification. He's
0: just, he's just looking. He's just looking at me and pretty, oh, he's <laughs> going over to his mat. So the room is the whole episode
1: clarification Just for everyone saying. at home dallas is a dog and not a person so <laughs> dallas is our little golden retriever
0: uh, puppy he thinks he's a person yeah. okay all right so like kelsey said if you have any questions uh or comments throw them over in the comments section so we can get right into this sit back relax grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the show welcome jeff
2: hey how's it going and that's you know i, I have a deep appreciation for a dog that smells like swamp because you know one of the number one product i sold on amazon for all those years was pet shampoo so oh really selling a hundred thousand <laughs> bottles a year of pet shampoo that uh, i appreciate dogs that go in swamps because that usually results in a later purchase for shampoo <laughs> so ah
0: uh, and i know he'll just go and lie in the bed after this so i get double whammied the podcast oh, room sold, and the i should sell laundry
2: detergent too then i guess there, there we go
0: <laughs> so you know we you know talked a bit we bumped into each other a yeah. few times when we were in mexico and you know you're doing something really unique uh in the amazon space and i'm going to get to that more towards the end of the show but it's right. something i've never heard of before um that's going to help a ton of amazon sellers but the topic today is about suspensions and yes I tell you i've had these emails i thought everything was going good i had the pesticide thing a thousand times uh you know there's all sorts of emails that come out that really kind of put a nail in your coffin wanting to sell on amazon anymore so uh, one of the things that i always tell people is you have to be really resilient dealing with amazon and Let's get into this because if we can help one Amazon seller learn how to fight these um, suspensions, it's going to be worth the podcast. So, like right now, we have a lot of Amazon uh, listeners that, um, in many common ways, have been suspended, and right. they don't know why. So, where can we even start with this? Like, why do people get suspended? and there's really no warning, there's no issues that have come up, all of a sudden you get that nasty email.
2: Got, you know, and there's so many different reasons why people can get suspended. So I've had people that get suspended because they're accused of selling weapons on Amazon. You know, maybe yeah. a product that they had is a it contains, you know, I had one seller that's basically had like a screwdriver, um, little miniature screwdriver, they were accused of that it was a knife. Well, you know, there's definitely a difference in the blunt force. That you would have to use with a pocket knife versus a pocket screwdriver but yet they got suspended for you know selling a um selling a a screwdriver that was the you know looked like a pocket knife um i've had sellers who contain were selling um, pharmaceutical type products over the counter that were accused of having uh restricted products inside them um you know and that was yeah. You know, so they said well maybe it contained you know xyz ingredient which is restricted it really didn't um you know those are kind of you know people hear about those and they think oh well that's probably something black hat related both of those two cases i just described were honest sellers selling honest products with which bots flagged as being bad there was no black hat tactic involved with that it just was a purely bad luck situation on the other side of the spectrum, of course, we've had sellers where, you know, they wake up one day and their account is suspended, and it's got all sorts of adult, you know, flags on it that they're somebody went in and edited their catalog and made it look like they were selling adult products, or right. yeah, you I've know, seen you that. Know, yeah, found the CBD product that they're selling and added THC as a bullet point, you know, boom, <laughs> that's going to you know knock it off too. So, yeah, so it, th- uh, there's
0: a couple of like there's the black hat reason. right? You know, somebody's come in and done something to your account. And then there's the fluff, you know, all of a sudden, and why this drives me crazy. Why doesn't Amazon be more specific about why they're suspending you?
2: They've done, you know, I would say over the last four years, they've gotten much better about it. So I can remember my first time that I got suspended on Amazon um, and they, it was just this generic email, you're suspended and, you know, Here's some things that might help when you're writing your plan of action. Talk, look at your sourcing, look at your product, look at your manufacturing, look at the following elements, and come up with a plan of action that addresses the issues that we've we've received. Well, that wasn't super helpful because I looked at all that and I was like, well, there's nothing wrong with my sourcing, there's nothing wrong with my packaging and prep, you know, nothing seemed to be amiss. And then, of course, you know. You, you learn all about through the whole process, what ends up happening, how you get the plan of action and how you go from point A to point Z and get reinstated eventually. So it's uh, but nowadays they're a little bit more specific. A lot of times if they are going to kick you off, they'll say customers reported this specific issue with your product now address it. You know, so like recently I was working on a case for a private label seller where they were accused of having products that were open and you know, you sold as new products. Well, turned out that when they were having the items shipped to the customer if one customer opened it used it and shipped it back and then amazon didn't realize it had been opened after it was shipped back then it would be you know sent out to somebody else who would receive a very very well used product that they of course would not want so you know, coming up with a plan of action you know for instance in that case tamper evidence seals are a huge help to fixing that problem you put on A really you know shiny sticker that says if seal is broken do not return to inventory you put that on all of your seams on the box and not only does that stop you from getting these sort of suspensions in the future but it stops amazon from sending out your product to customers when it's but will it
0: stop them because you know that sticker how good is the sticker because you're talking about somebody that's receiving something in warehouse really not looking you know and just throwing it i'll give you an example and there was there wasn't a sticker on this but this is going to be obvious you know paul Barron.
2: yes i do
0: okay good friends right he's 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 a a great guy he's got a great product um anyways he got up he he doesn't mind saying i'm not going to say his brand but he sells swim diapers okay okay and person sent back the swim diaper and he gave a refund and mm-hmm. guess what goes back into stock he gets a one star review okay like a used oh. swim diaper yeah that's it had yeah. poop in it no it had poop in it that's terrible <laughs> somebody really, returned really a poopy diaper and had it yeah. and, and it was sent out to a <laughs> so i mean obviously there's going to be an issue but um right. something like that like you said the tamper proof but you can also stop Amazon from selling any returns by having those returns sent over to you directly, too. So that's one thing that that can happen, right? And yeah,
2: although they don't always respect that the sticker right, actually, the interesting thing about the sticker that I would say with at least has been my experience with it is it doesn't necessarily stop Amazon from putting it back into inventory. But when a customer because I what I used to do is I would shrink wrap the bottles of pet shampoo before they went out, and it would have a sticker on the high value pet shampoos that say, if, if shrink wrap is broken, do not return to inventory. And I'd stick that on the bottle, So that way, yeah, because if you put it on the shrink wrap, then guess what happens when you throw away the shrink wrap, you lose the sticker, it doesn't do anything. So put the shrink the sticker on the bottle, then shrink wrap it. Well, what was interesting about that is if Amazon received back the shrink, the bottle missing shrink wrap, and they send it to somebody else, the customer, when they receive that, they'd be like, hey, I just received a bottle that doesn't have shrink wrap on it. And so they'd reach out to me and then that would be my chance to say, you know what? I'm so sorry. Let me give you a refund and we'll go ahead and, you know, let's make sure you know order a new one from Amazon. You can throw that one away. If someone at Amazon must have sent it to you. And that makes it so That's it no longer looks idea. like my fault. I,
0: I get it. But I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now what about some other common suspensions that are, are happening right now?
2: So interestingly enough, there's suspensions over trademark issues are, are starting to creep up again. And a lot of that has to do with people not understanding trademark law, which, I mean, you know, let's face it, sellers aren't going to law school to learn about trademark, or you know, so they're not learning about trademarks from a legal perspective. So there's a lot of private label sellers will make this mistake where they'll put in a, a brand name that's famous. So it could be something as you know simple as velcro which you know instead of hook and loop closure or it could be something more complex like for instance maybe they have a, a private label product that contains um you know like little figurines that don't really look like anything famous because obviously that would be infringement if you made knockoff figurines from like famous action figures but you have your own little brand you know your own little line of private label figurines, and you put in a bullet point, you know, just like your favorite XYZ character, that that is actually trademark infringement in many cases, uh, depending on how it's worded. And so we're seeing a rise actually just this past week, I settled two cases for sellers where they unfortunately violated somebody's IP. And the brand not only filed trademark complaints, but they actually filed federal lawsuits against them. And luckily in both those cases, I got the settlements down to very, very minimal numbers. Um, one of the brands wanted $400,000. I can say we settled for le- way, way less than that, you know, less than 1% of what they were asking for, but that's not going to happen in every case. And so yeah. you have to watch out for it because they could, you know, it could very well be a very, you know, it could be more than just an Amazon problem.
0: So, so knowing, I'd like to, oh, go ahead, Jeff.
2: I was going to say, knowing, people you know before you launch a product make sure you understand copyrights trademarks patents even just at a very high level just understand it enough so that you don't you know accidentally mess mess with somebody's ip
0: so uh and sorry uh there is a bit of a delay on your end like i i don't know when you stop talking and when you don't it, it, it's probably just the connection so if i'm interrupting um i apologize but okay you know on on that note when whenever i do anything trademark uh, related i pay money i have learned the hard way that i am not a trademark attorney i'm not an ip specialist and i will pay whatever it takes to make sure that it's done correctly and it doesn't come back to bite me and there are so many people that are out there that are doing it on their own to save a thousand bucks or fifteen hundred bucks. It's tough when you're starting out to come up with that money, but there is good money and there's bad money to spend and trademarks and getting the right person to do it is spending good money.
2: Absolutely. In fact, um, I would tell people if if you're thinking about trademarks and you don't have the money necessarily to pay an attorney the worst thing you could do is go to Fiverr and pay somebody $50 because I had one seller come to me and he goes, look at this trademark search I paid because I told him you need a trademark search for your brand. I said, you know, and I don't personally do trademark searches like comprehensive ones because those are best done by people that all they do is breathe trademarks all day long. And so I said, you know, I referred him to a colleague of mine that does that. And I think they were quoted $1,500 for a comprehensive trademark search. Well, they came back and they said, guess what I got for $50, I found someone on Fiverr, that's a in, a trademark attorney in India, that could do a trademark search for $50. And I was like, Oh, that was just I mean, you could have given $50 to the American, you know, Americans for Justice Foundation or something as a donation, it would have been better spent than that. You know, <laughs> it's, because you know, you're right, it's there's good money and bad money. So
0: so when you're when you're talking about suspension so you get that email um yeah what is the next step like yeah everybody's gonna say put together a plan of action what should a seller
2: do seller should first figure out what amazon's asking for i've had some suspensions where sellers come to me and they're ready to you know hire me to do the work and i look at it and i say well you know, and, I, and I'm very transparent about this. Like, I'm not going to take somebody's money if it's something they can fix themselves in a couple clicks. So um, actually, when I was in Mexico, one of my clients reached out and they had gotten the dreaded suspension notice for one of their private label products. And he goes, how much do I need to pay you to fix this right now? And I said, I looked at it, and I go, follow the link and tell me what it says. He, go, he He calls me back. He goes, you're not gonna believe this. I just had to watch training video on Amazon and answer some questions. And they went made it back live again i said there you go didn't cost you anything did it (laughs) you know it's so part of the problem sometimes people immediately freak out and they think oh my gosh i'm suspended i need to start you know writing a check a blank check to get this back and sometimes with amazon they're not looking for that it might be you know they've they've got this a lot of new suspensions now that are what i would term as like fix it suspensions where they want you just to go and fix the you know figure out the problem and fix it and they're not looking for any elaborate plan of action. Of course, there's still some suspensions where they want the elaborate plan of action. And if that's going taking place, then, you know, step one is I tell sellers, figure out where it went wrong, because oftentimes there's going to be some truth to what Amazon's saying. You know, there's there's their side. There's your side. There's truth is somewhere in, in the middle. So they're saying you did X. You're saying you didn't. But maybe there's some gray area that, that you could look at it from a neutral third party and say, well, I can understand why they think I did X, but we now need to dis- use that to come up with a viable, you know, appeal that, that makes sure that that never happens again. And if you don't take the time to do that soul searching to figure out why they're saying that, it's gonna make the appeal that much more difficult because Amazon's expecting that they're gonna receive a response that addresses X. And if you yeah. don't even touch the subject, it's not gonna go well, even even if you hire me or somebody else to write it, because we can't just write nonsense. They're gonna just, you know, they don't, I've had some sellers where they come to me, they go, well, I don't want to talk about that at all. That's, that's not, I, I don't wanna talk about that issue. That doesn't make me look good. And I'm like, well, sometimes we have to have, you know, we have to have these difficult conversations about it. The good news is anything they tell me is protected by attorney-client privilege. And I can then take that information and use it to create a response for Amazon that you know sometimes they're still not going to look great but they're gonna look less bad with what happened just depending on the situation
0: yeah there, there are certain things like, like A to Z claims that could be fraud fraudulent like they just it's black hat uh, there are uh, and I've seen this happen too people hiring people in reviews, to say certain words and all of a sudden, you know, choking hazard or something like that, five-star review with choking hazard in it. Um, You know, they'll get their attention. Uh, One of my good friends, um, Elena Serres, she was doing really well on Amazon and coming into uh, November, she would always get an IP infringement claim, which took her three weeks to get around so she'd always miss Black Friday and the a good part of uh, December, three weeks, and it happened yeah. two years in a row, and it was just—it was so hard for Amazon to just listen. This is wrong, you know. It, right. it this is absolutely one hundred percent wrong. Here's the proof. But right. if somebody does this themselves, and and like she did. And she's a lawyer, by the way. But uh, sure. <laughs> uh, but, uh, anyways, if you do it yourself, is it better nowadays if you go uh, like rather go to somebody like yourself that specializes in this? Can it can it can it help out time wise to get your account back?
2: So, I like to say to people when they're trying to decide whether to hire a specialist or you know an expert in the space is to think of it in terms of, you know, one time is money. So if it if she can get back even two days sooner, and assuming that the profit, the product has enough, you know, revenue and profitability to make sense, then obviously, look at, you know, look at your time value of money. Also, it helps a lot, you know, like, if somebody can be neutral, uh, you know, try as hard as we all are, we're only human, it's very hard to look at things from a neutral perspective and I've worked with sellers of all sizes and very few of them can ever look at a situation that's going on on Amazon and objectively write something that doesn't have any emotion in it whatsoever because at the end of the day Amazon doesn't want to read emotion they want yeah. to read fact so so that's one thing to think about you know if somebody is really good at that sort of writing and if they're good at you know at at understanding the facts like you are your other client who's got the, who's an attorney, you know, that she's probably pretty good at those, that sort of writing style. So it makes sense to, that she, you know, would be able to do it herself. Um, but a lot of sellers, they struggle with that. They, you know, this, the Amazon business becomes their baby. Um, I know I certainly was, you know, I struggled when I had my suspensions. It was tough sometimes to write appeals that didn't have any emotion in it whatsoever, especially when you're being accused of doing something that, you know, is untrue or right. at least is mostly untrue. You know, there's obviously there's some, you know, like in, I can remember one of my suspensions, the very first one I ever worked on was a pet product and it was a a uh, little tiny can that had pet wipes in it and it had a screw on lid and an inner seal. And I never thought before the suspension happened to check the insides of those to make sure that when they came from the factory that they were sealed. I just assumed the factory was doing their job and sealing them properly. and If I opened up the case and all the lids were screwed on properly, that that was the end of it. And it turned out that some of them were not. And so, you know, the failure in my quality control process in that case was people were receiving lids where this lid was screwed on, but the inner seal was 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 open, and they thought that it had been messed with, that someone had used the product already. So, being able to sit back and objectively look at it, you know, made it. You know, it was difficult to 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 look at that and go. This is my mistake, you know, and that I should have I should have been opening these and randomly sampling them to make sure that they the lids were on tight and that the inner seal was there.
0: I've talked to a lot of people uh, that have been suspended and the yeah. if they're telling me the truth, the high, high, high majority were suspended for wrong wrongful reasons, right. You know they weren't suspended because they were doing anything wrong they got suspended because of either a bot or some fraudulent act you know some unethical chinese and you know china was the big culprit for this you know just black hat black hat black hat and um anyways do you did you find that that the majority of the people that you've heard from um didn't deserve suspension
2: I think that the majority of people definitely don't deserve suspension. But I think that a lot of times what we find is, at least with the cases I work on, is that there's you can there's always room for improvement in the business. And so a lot of times what I'm noticing now is Amazon is suspending people not be and you have to think about it logically. If Amazon truly had wrongdoing, those people would be deactivated. They'd be terminated. They wouldn't be suspended. So suspension right. is kind of that middle ground where they want you to figure out what went wrong and fix it. Now, I certainly have worked with a lot of sellers that have been targeted. So like you mentioned the safety complaints, or the you know, the, the keywords and the reviews. Um, in a sense, on its on its face, and people are not going to like what I have to say here on its face, it, it looks like, you know, that seller was suspended for something that they shouldn't, the, obviously, they shouldn't have been suspended for the competitor hired somebody to leave reviews and write keywords in those reviews that would cause them to get suspended. But the, the, um, solution for that suspension is to fight false issues like that with data. And in this case, the data you fight it with would be a safety test showing, here's all my safety testing for all these products. that shows that it's safe from an independent third party lab. And you can call this lab lab test company and verify the authenticity of this report. And nine times out of 10, when you have that report, Amazon says, thank you for providing this. We've gone ahead and reinstated the listing. The sellers that have the horror stories a lot of times don't have that report. They never got their product safety tested or they relied on their manufacturer safety testing. The problem with manufacturer safety testing is the brand name and the model name don't match. So Amazon doesn't necessarily want to accept that. So you're fighting an uphill battle because you're saying, no, my product is safe. It doesn't have these issues but you have nothing for Amazon to look at to prove that. Maybe you've got a Chinese report that matches a different product. And you're trying to get them to take it as a leap of faith that no, no, this really is my product. Trust me, it's my product. I I said so and they Amazon like doesn't like that, you know, so a lot of times so so I know it sounds harsh to say it like, well, the seller could be wrong in that space. I mean, obviously, the seller didn't deserve to be suspended. They didn't do anything wrong to get suspended. But the antidote antidote for the suspension is safety testing that should have been done beforehand, which will make cut down that suspension from sometimes, you know, several weeks, because you have to get the safety testing done to maybe Mm -hmm. several hours, or even a couple days, you know, I've had some suspensions, where sellers come to me, and they've got all their paperwork lined up, and they need me to just help write the, you know, write the appeal. And I had one a couple weeks ago, that they were reinstated in 20 minutes, after we submitted that appeal with the documentation.
0: So Jeff, are you telling sellers to be proactive? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Not only for
2: Amazon purposes, but this is just a general legal liability issue too. I mean, no, the number one thing, if you sell a product and somebody says, oh, this caught on fire in my house, which I'll admit, I had a product catch on fire in somebody's house when I was in oh, law no. school. <laughs> I was walking into oh, no. law school class and received the, the dreaded email from the customer saying that it had caught on fire in her kitchen and uh it was i was like oh gosh where is this going you know like and you know of course you're in law school so everyone's teaching you like big payout big payout and i'm like what is she going to be looking for well it turned out she's from alabama and all she was looking for was a replacement product and a refund but if oh. she had been from somewhere else where they were like you know where maybe she'd talked to some people and been like you need to sue him like that could have been way yeah. worse you know but um, you know, in that sort of situation, Amazon actually never suspended the product, even though it caught on fire in someone's house. But the number one thing they would have asked for is safety testing. Right. So I started getting that together. And if I would have been sued, the first thing that the opposing attorneys would have asked for is give us copies of your testing showing that you've been testing these products to make sure they're safe. Because otherwise it's pretty negligent to be selling a product on, an, on a global market without ever testing it to make sure it's a safe product to sell.
0: Yeah. Yeah, very good point. Uh, We're going to come back to a couple of more questions, but uh, we are having a a Wheel of Kelsey today, even though this is pre-recorded, we've got a great Wheel of Kelsey coming up. Uh, We've got the mystery word as well. So if you're interested in joining Wheel of Kelsey today, we have to hashtag Wheel of Kelsey. And Kelsey, what was it? It was hashtag or suspensions is the mystery word, right? Yes,
1: hashtag suspensions. So you have to have both keywords or both hashtags in the comments in order to enter. So Jeff, what's the giveaway today? So the giveaway, a lot of the stuff we're talking about um, is
2: general information. But obviously, with sellers, the best thing you can do to protect your business is get specific legal advice. And so what I'm giving away is a one hour consultation with me as well as two months of my monthly retainer service at no charge, so to the person who wins. So that way we can talk about your business and protect it for two months at no
0: charge. That's huge. So uh, thank you so much for that. And oh, I also uh, should mention that if you enter or tag two people, you also get a second entry. So just again, because this is a little bit different, this is a new format for us, hashtag wheel of Kelsey and the word suspension and then tag two people if you like, and you'll get a second entry. And what a great product. I know that if you try to talk to anybody about this, uh, it's pretty costly. And on top of that, uh, Jeff is also giving away two free months uh, to help protect your, your product as well. And we'll talk a bit more about that later on. Yeah. Now, let's talk about resources. Absolutely. What are some of the resources sellers can use uh, to help protect themselves?
2: Well, the number one resource, I mean, I know this probably sounds self-serving, but sellers should have legal counsel when it comes to protecting their business, making sure that their products are compliant with Amazon policy, with the law, um, and that product's compliance with the law is broad. I don't mean just, hey, I'm selling a product that doesn't violate FDA policy. Um, If it's a work, if it's an OTC supplement, you need to make sure you're compliant with FDA law. You also need to make sure that you're compliant with, you know, trademark law, copyright law, patent law, <laughs> you know, all these different types of laws you want to make sure you're compliant with so that you don't act- accidentally end up in legal water because interestingly enough, almost every category of suspension on the account health dashboard that Amazon has, you can t- trace back to some form of law. You know, if you can, you know, I have this pretty well memorized because I see it every day, you know, c- you know received intellectual property complaints that ties back with IP law. Product authenticity complaints. Uh, that ties into trademark law because counterfeiting is a, is a, is a crime under the Lanham Act. Um, next one down would be um, product uh, condition customer complaints. Eh, it doesn't really tie in with the law so much, but that's where your used, sold as new complaints and expired products and things like that come in. I guess you could sort of say it has to do with the law if you think about expiration date laws. Uh, next one down, food and product safety. Well, there's your uh, you know CPSC compliance and and things like that uh, listing policy violations. Nope. That ties in with, uh, unfair advertising law. So you, you kind of get the gist, but everything ties in. Um, and one thing I noticed the other day on Amazon, they'd actually revised one of their help center articles. And it said, we do not provide legal advice and you, our associates are not trained to answer legal questions. It's, and it, this was actually on part of it. It was saying, if you know, if you're writing an appeal, it says, do not mention in your appeal that you will ask Amazon for advice on these sections because we are not authorized to give it. Hmm. So, you know, and that's because they're trying to point people back to get your, you know, get your own competent legal advice. So that way, you know, that you're compliant for your business. So
0: Okay, very uh, good. secondary,
2: yep. secondary thing Amazon people there, they Amazon has a new feature called call me now on the account health, you can actually give them a call and they'll, they'll try to help you. I always tell sellers, it's a great resource if you want to just see, see what they have to say. But take it with a grain of salt, because a lot of times the, the people answering those phones are not necessarily well trained, they might be one step above your regular seller support. So you just you know, if they say something that sounds too good to be true, it probably is. I had one seller call them and say, I want to launch a line of fitness apparel. Um, When I tried to create a listing for N I K E Y, it gave me an error message. And then he walked them through how to create, uh, get it to be approved on Amazon. And so his brand name was approved as N I K E Y for fitness apparel. Well, as an attorney, my first thing I'm like, Nike, how do you pronounce that one? Is it Nike or Nike? Like, either way, it's phonetically trademark infringement. So it's not, you know, it doesn't matter that it was approved by this person on the phone because if you actually start selling under that brand, you're looking at a very expensive trademark infringement lawsuit. So,
0: yeah, yeah, very, very good. Now, the other thing I, I'm looking at is uh, other mistakes people make when they are appealing.
2: I'd say number one is emotion. You get really defensive about this issue, and you start you 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 get very emotional, or um, along that same line, you you take the attitude that Amazon, you have made a mistake and this is, I'm going to prove why. that And that attitude doesn't usually work very well because you're saying you've made a mistake and I'm disproving you. And the other person on the other side of the screen is truly disinterested because it's their job just to read an appeal. They're probably not even the same person that suspended your product or your account in the first place. And so they're looking at screen on the left that says uh, seller did X, Y, and Z. Here's evidence. Look at this timestamp. Look at this. You know, all the evidence is right there for why they made the decision they made. And you're saying Amazon, you're wrong. You are totally wrong. And I'm disproving you. That that doesn't work. Uh, number two, you know, so that emotion gets. You know, emotion can be a problem. Trying to prove Amazon wrong can be a problem. Um, I'd say number three would be. Um, admitting to a crime that you didn't do, that's going to be equally as damaging. So that's why I tell people, it's like, we're not admitting guilt, that's certainly not smart. We're also not going to say, Amazon, you're completely wrong, either. There's some middle ground that we've got to figure out what really happened. Because you know, there's their side, there's your side and the truth is somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. So uh, on that same line, of thought, and I always tell sellers, you never want to admit guilt. The reason why is I had one seller that I was working on a case for their entire account had been suspended for, sh- they'd been accused of short shipping product to Amazon. They, you know, I had reached out to Amazon legal on their behalf. We were working through an investigation into how this could have happened because we had all these bills of ladings with weight and everything else. And then all of a sudden the attorney for Amazon reached out to me, and goes, Hey Jeff, we just received note notice from Amazon seller performance that your client submitted an appeal admitting wrongdoing. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, look at a copy of this appeal. And he sends it over to me. And it's all about how we shipped short units to Amazon, we didn't properly count, we told them we sent x number, and we really sent y. And I'm like, and I called the client. I'm like, what's going on here? Like, one, <laughs> why did you submit this without talking to me? And two, did you really do this? You <laughs> know? He goes, No, we never did this. And I go, Why did you say this? He goes, Well, I found this guy on Fiverr that said he could get us reinstated oh. if we just paid him money, and he wrote this and said told us to send it and that we'd get reinstated. And I was like, "You've got to be kidding me! Like this is this is co- completely counterintuitive to everything we we've been oh telling Amazon gosh. Legal." And I so I went back to Amazon Legal. I said, "This is what's going on." And he goes, "Well, we need this in writing, and we need your client to send a signed statement that you know with contact information of who they hired." Because we want to make sure we're on the lookout for this person in the future, and so we did. We provided all that, and then they reinstated his account. But it's just you know that. So that's why I tell people it's like you have to be really careful and strategic about what you say because if Amazon had decided to say you know what Jeff we're we're done here they admitted wrongdoing, then the very first thing that they would have used as their evidence at arbitration would have been this you know voluntarily submitted statement admitting wrongdoing. And exactly the crime that, yeah, it's so, yeah, by no means am I encouraging people to admit to issues on Amazon. I, that is not part of our playbook. It's a tactical, strategic, looking at the issues and figuring out what really happened is what I, is what I do for sellers.
0: Perfect. So those are the top three mistakes. Correct. Okay. Fantastic. Now, one of the things that, excuse me, one of the things I want to talk about just briefly. Um, and we could have talked about this uh, as a resource uh, a little earlier on. But one of the fascinating things that we talked in depth about in Mexico was your service. Um, yeah. And I want to talk about that. Uh, it's very unique. It Do is you want to I get into this like I've never heard anybody offer this service.
2: So yeah, it's, I wanted to offer a, you know, a law firm based service where you, you know, you pay a monthly retainer to our law firm. And that way you have unlimited access to, you know, myself, I'm hiring a team right now, you'll be able to talk to anyone on our team and it's $89 a month. That means you can come to us with your legal questions from a proactive standpoint. So you come to us, you say, Hey Jeff, can I do X, Y, and Z, or I need help with a trademark. Um, even just like earlier this week, I was talking to a seller. They said, I want to create a private label brand name called XYZ. You know, obviously I can't say what it is. Will that work? And I said, I it took me about 15 seconds to to look through it and think about it and be like, there's another company that's very close to this. I'm like, the reason why this was setting off alarm bells is like I've heard this name before. And I went and I found, you know, I found it. I was like, if you spell it a different way, it's this is a company that already exists in the same space. I'm like, no, you definitely don't want to be doing that and that was you know that was one of those complimentary calls where it's you know i call them open office hours people can use that up that time you know it can be 15 minutes it can be 30 minutes even an hour and they don't have to pay anything extra to run questions by me and those can be amazon questions they can be legal questions i really try to make it as a proactive service but then there's also the reactive component too which is if somebody does get suspended either their account or for private label sellers if it's one of their you know, one of the products within their brand. We'll write the appeals for them and that's included. So you're not going to be hit up for extra money. We'll just go ahead and take care of writing that appeal so that you get the expert advice, you know, beforehand and you get the expert care on the, you know, as well, if you need it. So
0: that's really trying to
2: make it, you know, I tried to make it affordable so that people don't have to choose between good legal advice and good, you know, assistance when their products or accounts are suspended, and paying huge astronomical sums. Because I don't know if you know my story, but when I was in law school, um, I got suspended the week before finals. And for, for anyone who's been to law school, they'll know that finals week is extremely important because you have one grade in each class for each semester. So you could show up every day to class and get perfect attendance and perfect participation. But if you fail the final, you fail the class for the entire semester and you know likewise you could never show up to class and you could get an a on the final and get an a in the class which <laughs> would be nice too um it yeah. doesn't usually happen that way but it uh it could so i got suspended the, my account entire account got suspended the week before finals and when i started reaching out to different service providers and attorneys i had quotes ranging from three thousand dollars to fifteen thousand dollars and you know, it was extremely stressful. I ended up doing it myself, the suspension, and I got myself yeah. reinstated and r- like right before finals started. So I was able to study for finals and not have to fear, you know, what was going to happen to my business. But that really, you know, lit a fire under me to say, you know, people shouldn't have to go in that same, you know, be in that same predicament that I was in in the future.
0: Well, I, I can tell you just from experience as well eighty nine dollars a month for being able to talk to you proactively as well as if a problem comes up i don't care if it if it's going to be a thousand dollars for the entire year try finding somebody to fight this for a thousand dollars and it's going to come up it's not if it's when you receive one of these emails that you're going to need your help and it's it's just it's not just Amazon suspensions. Like you, you were saying, you know, somebody needed a, a help with, you know, you they asked you about a name for a trademark. But it, it's I, it's a service that you're providing across the board for Amazon private label sellers that I think is amazing. You know, $89 a month is just a small piece of insurance that you can sleep at night, knowing that you'll get professional help doing this, uh, you know, if or when this happens i i i say so myself i do appreciate that thank but you i got all excited i i remember in it's, mexico you like yeah. i i questioned you like five times is are you saying yeah it's it, it's it's okay so anyways um how do people get a hold of you
2: so best way is uh via through my website if they want to if they want to retain my law firm, they can yep. sign up at JeffShick.com. Um, sign-ups on there. As soon as you sign up, you have immediate access to my calendar. If you want to schedule a call right away, you know, you get full access. Go in, you can schedule your calls. If you want to send me an email, it's Jeff at Jeffshick.com. You know, I'm there to help. You know, my passion is helping sellers because I was in the as you know, as I can say to every seller, I've been in your shoes. I've done every job in the Amazon system from PPC to pack and prep. You know to listing creations i've done done them and now you know obviously i help on this on the legal side of things so i know what people are going through and i just love being a resource to help people with the business
0: okay fantastic so uh we don't know yet uh, we just talked briefly before we started recording but hopefully by the time that this airs we're going to have a um, discount or a bonus uh, from Jeff for any of our Lunch with Norm uh, listeners so they can take advantage of this, too, uh, at a reduced rate or something. We're going to figure something out. So um, stay tuned. Uh, Kelsey will be posting something, I hope, shortly, and I highly recommend checking this out. Okay. Thank you. Jeff, at this time, I'm going to bring yes. Kelsey in. Where are you, sir?
1: Hey, Kelsey. Hello. Hello. Hey, hey.
0: so it's time go? for that uh, wheel of Kelsey, isn't it?
1: That's right. So we are running uh, short on time, so I'm not sure we'll do a quick edit and. Yep. Power. Okay. And then I just jumped in. Hello. Hello everyone. It's me. I'm back. How is everyone go- doing? Uh, just let me fix my screen here. All right. Now I can look at you. Thank you for joining today's podcast. Uh, it's me, Kelsey. I'm here live. Norm is currently traveling to Australia. He's down under and um doing a conference there. So he will be back next Wednesday with the live episodes where we'll get back at it. Um but in the meantime, we have done these pre-recorded episodes. As they were saying, Jeff did do something special for us just for the lunch with Norm crew. Um, so if you are interested in our little deal with Jeff, you can sign up for his retainer, which is eighty nine dollars. That's a monthly retainer. And if you email him, uh, let him know that you're from the podcast, you can get 50% off the first two months. So that's just for you guys. So check that out. Um, we don't have like the, the coupon set up, but uh, Jeff said, just give him an email, um, say that you're from the podcast and he'll set you up with the two months of 50% off. So that's for everyone uh, included. So without further ado, let me just throw it over to uh, a an, uh, sponsor and then we're going to jump into the wheel of Kelsey.
0: A big thank you to our sponsor post purchase pro the only complete A to Z done for you real email and text marketing service built specifically for Amazon sellers. My friends, Sean Hart and Seth Stevens co-founded post purchase pro after launching over a thousand successful private labeled products, growing 53 brands and get this exiting 17 businesses. Post-Purchase Pro creates all of your digital assets, 100% for you from marketing inserts, complete sales funnels, email follow-up sequences, and weekly email promotions. They manage and optimize everything for you to drive more sales, get higher ranking, and receive more reviews on Amazon. So check out Post Purchase Pro now to see if you too will see enormous growth like their nearly 500 clients worldwide. That's Post Purchase Pro at postpurchasepro.com slash lunch.
1: All right, so if you are enjoying today's episodes, make sure you give us a like and follow us on uh, social media, whether that's Facebook, YouTube, wherever you're listening to. See, so we just have a couple more people joining today's Wheel of Kelsey. So let me just quickly add them. you. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for your patience. Uh, i kind of just rushing around. Okay. So it's it's that time. It's Wheel of Kelsey. And uh, enjoy, everyone. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. okay so here we are the wheel of Kelsey Uh, we do this every single podcast so um, yeah hope you enjoy let's see who the winner is today I'm going to shuffle these names up and you'll get your hour consult with Jeff along with uh, some free months and it looks like it's cool hand All right, so CoolHand99, you're a YouTuber. Just make sure you email me, k at lunchwithnorm.com so that I have your information. I can't, it's very difficult for me to find you out there uh, as you're a YouTuber and there's no contact way. So just make sure you reach out to me, k at lunchwithnorm.com. So again, that's Cool Hand 99 you are today's winner. And uh, congratulations. And uh, yeah, let us know if you uh, think um, just retainer is awesome. I see that uh, Christine says, awesome deal. Good to see you again. And I agree. I hope I never have to go through that stress of suspensions, but Jeff's monthly subscription sounds awesome. Yep. So I think it's a a great deal. And I think Norm really wanted to have Jeff on because this is such a great deal. I know he's had to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on legal services. So um, having it for $89 and getting that kind of advice is great. So Check it out. And uh, I think there's just a few more minutes left. Um, so once again, I just want to say, go to jeffschick.com if you're interested um, and you can email him uh, afterwards and just mention the Lunchman Norm podcast for two free months at of 50% off. So Congrats, cool hand. 99, you're there. So, k at lunchwithnorm.com. And yeah, just a few minutes left of the podcast. So, thanks, everyone, and enjoy the rest of the show. Here we just announced the winner. And uh, yeah, congratulations to whoever Congrats. won. So <laughs> I look forward to working with you. <laughs> all right. So, uh, remember, email me, k at lunchwithnorm.com, if you are the winner, whoever you are out there in the future. Uh, and we'll connect you with Jeff and we'll get this thing uh, headed over to you.
0: And awesome. one other thing. Thank you guys so much. Paper- Hey, no problem. But if uh, people have questions, throw them over to our Facebook group and we'll make sure that we pass them on to Jeff so he can uh, take a look and answer them for us. Or Jeff, uh, join the Facebook group. I was going to say, let me,
2: let me, if you don't mind, let me take care of that right now while we're on the call. Okay. (laughs) Go join it.
1: (laughs) And those listeners, uh, Lunch with Norm, Amazon FBA and e-commerce collective, join along with Jeff and uh yeah what was that kelsey that just in
0: case jeff didn't hear our that Facebook is group is
1: <laughs> lunch with norm amazon fba and e-commerce collective
0: okay so while jeff's doing that um like Kelsey said we are limited for time today so um we're good back hopefully you see us the next time live um if not we'll have another great guest jeff you've been awesome first time guest awesome. and we'll have you back on for sure uh kelsey is there anything else before we wrap up the podcast
1: um other than smashing those like buttons giving us a thumbs up uh if you are a youtube uh subscriber i do highly recommend hitting that subscribe button and ringing that bell so you get all the notifications but other than that jeff thank you so much thank and, y'all for having uh, me
2: and i just joined i just uh joined the group so perfect I awesome. that. all right
0: <laughs> Okay, so that does it for today. Uh, We'll make this short and sweet. Join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at noon uh, Eastern Standard Time. And thank you so much for being part of a community. Uh, We could not do this podcast without you. We really appreciate all the engagement that you have in the group. And thanks, and hopefully we live soon. 100 trip no, on through,